Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and as ever I'm joined by Greg for yet another look ahead to this weekend's best betting action in Scotland. How's it going Greg? Yeah I'm great thanks, doing very well. Good, good, glad to hear it. Um, it's been a wee tough week in Europe for Scottish teams. Oh, yeah, we've, been, we've been saying that for the last <laughs> five weeks. Aye, it's been a, aye, it's been a tough one, hasn't it? And we had so much optimism at the beginning of the season when we had three teams in the group stages, didn't we? We did. Celtic Rangers in the Champions League, Hearts in a really attractive um, Conference League group, and it's just been a bit of a shambles, hasn't it? Uh, I've lost track of how many goals conceded across the the games in the group stages, but it's close to a million, I think. Yeah, a, a tidy sum comes conceded by the Scottish teams uh, in Europe this season. So, as I say, we're probably glad it's over. We'll take the money, we'll take your coefficient points for, for all that they're worth. We'll uh, bow out at this stage, I think. So, yeah, fingers crossed we have a better run at it next season. Uh, Greg, we're delighted to be joined by Stuart Wilson for his debut on the Gambler podcast. Stuart is sports editor at the Ayrshire Post. Uh, he's an expert on the lower leagues in Scotland, particularly the Championship, and a long-suffering Air United fan. Uh, great to have you on the podcast, Stuart. Less of the long-suffering, thank you very much. <laughs> great to be with you guys. Yeah, what a time to be alive, Stuart. Air United flying high at the top of the Championship. Absolutely, dreaming of the Premiership. This uh, is uh, purely coincidental that we, we asked Stuart on a few weeks ago before Ayr were top of the week, so it is coincidental that we've invited Stuart on and Ayr are top of the week, just to be clear. Stuart, I, I am not a young man, but uh, I thought I'll go and look and see, because I can't remember my lifetime, the last time Ayr United were actually in the top flight in Scotland. Uh-huh. Um, so see, I had to scroll down the list quite far, season 77, 78, is that That's right? right, 1978. So I'm not making you blush by saying you were you were alive then. I take it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, this was <laughs> last appearance on the podcast, <laughs> as well as his first. Uh, no, so the, I mean, exciting times at some Park. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a great time, and the, the whole club has been kind of revitalised in the last twelve months or so. You know, both on and off the park, there's, a, there's been a lot done. Um, you know, to galvanise the place, and it's, it's slowly but surely coming together. Um, with the results this season under, under Lee Bullen, he, he really had to come in and do a job just to get us over the line. You know, last season to stay in the league, uh, and he's he's managed to kick on this this term, and it's it's a crazy, crazy league, as I'm sure we'll go on to discuss in more detail. Um, and you know, who knows? It's uh, it's a dream at the moment. We're only 13 games in, but we're top of the pile, and long may it continue. I was going to say, it's an absolute madhouse of a league, but uh, yeah, you're three points clear and only 23 games to go, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, we're only something like 16 points from safety. So. <laughs> well, uh, listen, there, there speaks a guy whose team has not been in the Premiership since 1970. Uh, and Greg Stewart, uh, a, a long-term subscriber to your channel as well. Yeah, um, hopefully taking advantage of what's been a, a great season so far. Uh, we finished October well on profit. I think that makes us eight consecutive months profit, which is fantastic. 23 months at 28 profit. So, yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic season and, again, looking to make it a profitable November. Yep, and Stuart helps occasionally, doesn't he, with the odd nugget here and there? He does. He's very, very useful, Stuart, on the old lower league stuff. Uh, won't go into too much detail and give his secrets away, but, yeah, he's providing some really good insight in the lower leagues. Yeah, hopefully we'll tap into some of that on the podcast in the next 40, 50 minutes or so. Um, Greg, last week wasn't too bad at all. Before you start, I'm going to highlight the fact that I did say it was, what, 16, 17 games since Celtic had a penalty. Willie Collum rolled into <laughs> Livingston and hey, presto. What a price that would have been. Probably would have been a great price at all. I think it was. Was it? Yeah, not too bad. Not so bad. yeah, that was one of the bets that we highlighted last weekend. Yeah, the main bet landed, which was Aloha to win and score two. And that was a late goal, unbelievably. I've got a real bee in my bonnet that we don't get many things going our way late on in matches. Most bets land in the first half an hour, the first 60 minutes, 70 minutes, but we don't get many late goals. So it was great to get a, a late Aloha goal. On Saturday, we had Dundee United and Aberdeen Connors double. I think Dundee United had six corners in the first half. And Aberdeen despite being absolutely battered by Rangers last weekend, managed to get four corners. They only need to get three. That paid six to four. 
we had a good discussion about Edinburgh City, didn't we? <laughs> and I just said, listen, I, I don't know why, I've got nothing to back it up, but I just have a hunch that people get suckered in to that one. And yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. I think we also highlighted Stirling Albion as well to win in League Two at home to Bonnyrigg. Yeah, that Peterhead one was, yeah, as I said, I always trust a Greg Brown and Hunch. And there was nothing, it, was not, it wasn't basing anything other than the fact that, yeah, Peterhead have been absolutely awful this season. I just, just didn't fancy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully I managed to put a few people off. Yeah, I hope so. Well, he didn't in my case, but <laughs> I still had a wee dabble, but that's just the silliness of myself. But um, yeah, so we've only got three Premiership games until the World Cup break. Greg, it's come round pretty quickly. Yeah, I've seen a few tweets today about people going, they actually forget the World Cup's on. It's been the least exciting build-up to World Cup ever. And I think that's because the way it's situated, where it is, when it is, I think most people look forward to their World Cup summer. Beer gardens, out having a few beers, watching the games. But yeah, it's going to be very, very different this year, watching the games in freezing cold in Scotland in the middle of November. Yeah, especially when we're not there yet again, but anyway, that's a different story. Uh, so we've got uh, a full card this weekend, there's a midweek card, and then I think next weekend is probably the last um, before the World Cup. Uh, so we've got two games on Friday night, uh, a couple of games on Saturday and a couple of games on Sunday. So we'll go through the Premiership card, as we always do, and obviously with Stuart's help, we'll have a, a good look at the lower league as well this week, uh, including... Match of the weekend, Stuart, at uh, Air United v Greenock Morton. Yeah, all roads lead to Somerset Park, game of the, the week in Scotland. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that soon enough, don't worry about it, so we'll hear your opinion. Uh, Greg, we'll start off at Pataudry on Friday night, and uh, yeah, this uh, Scottish Premiership experiment of Friday night games, uh, I think there's some legs in it, it should be a cracker under the likes at Pataudry, I believe it's uh, fairly close to a sellout, we've got third v fourth in the table, uh, Aberdeen, as you said, a bit of a heavy defeat at Ibrox after a promising start last weekend. Uh, and as far as Hibs are concerned, credit to them. We are never shy of saying don't, <laughs> don't back Hibs at short prices, but they went and battered St Mirren 3-0. Although we did mention that when St Mirren get beat, they really get beat, don't they? Yeah, their away form is dire. To be honest, St Mirren's away form this season is a real problem for them at, at home. Uh, different story, but yeah, away from home, St Mirren will struggle. But we'll touch upon that shortly. Yeah, so it's Aberdeen v Hibs, uh, as I say, third v fourth. How do you see this one go? It should be a cracking match. Really looking forward to this game. I think Aberdeen are a shade famous at 6-4, Hibs 7-4. You have to look at Aberdeen's home form, though, and they probably really are favourites for this match. Only one point separates these two, and to be fair to Hibs, I think these two will be toe-and-toe between now and the end of the season. I think St Mirren will fall away. I yeah. know it's early days yet, but I don't expect St Mirren to be there come May. And with Hearts now out of Europe, getting players back fit, Shanklin scoring goals again, you'd have to fancy Hearts to, to push back into that kind of top five. So it's going to be a fascinating run. And I think we did at the start of the season, it's going to be an Aberdeen-Hibs-Hearts battle for that third place. And I, I do strongly believe that will be the case. And as you know, we are on Aberdeen at 92 to finish third. Yep. So I will be rooting for a home win here. But looking at Aberdeen's home form, it's pretty solid, isn't it? Five wins from four. They've scored, what, 17 goals scored, five against, 22 goals scored in their five home games. They've scored four against St Mirren. They beat Livingston 5-0, a 4-1 win against Kilmarnock, they beat Hearts here two weeks ago on the Sunday so I, I do expect goals uh, that was a massive, massive win last weekend for Hibs, yeah. off the back of a really disappointing result at home to St Johnston where they probably were in cruise control until that sending off um, the, the first Scottish VAR match, I don't think VAR or VAR whatever you want to call it, has had a great had the best of starts um, we'll touch upon that on the Dundee United game later, but yeah, I just think there'll be goals in this game. Aberdeen have got goals in their side, so do Hibs. I don't think either defence is, is that great. Both sides do concede goals. And I think I posted this on Sunday, actually. really like the look of the Asian line of over two and two and a half match goals at 17 to 20. And that is this weekend's Scottish nap. Yeah, it's got a few winner goals. This one, I think that price on Aberdeen at 31 to 20, Stuart, looks pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, looking at the form, it's two teams with contrasting records, isn't it? I mean, Greg touched on Aberdeen's home form. Hibs, I think, have lost 
four of the last five away, I think I'm right in saying. Yep. It just doesn't, it sets up. I mean, it looks a bit too simple on paper, really, but the price on Aberdeen looks far too big, which means it probably will be a Hibs win, now that I've said all that. <laughs> but it's one of those that just looks set up for an Aberdeen win. But perhaps the Friday night, the big crowd, that, that that's maybe something to take into account, you know. Um, but I would have to be all about Aberdeen unless, you know, you you, you throw a bet builder in there and you, the double chance and Aberdeen corners, which I know Greg had mentioned earlier in the week, that's maybe another angle to look at it. Yeah, it's a shame this one's not on TV, unfortunately, because I think, uh, as I say, they're heading towards a, a full house, Audrey. Um, OK, so Greg, what's your bet on this one? On the Asian line on bet thesis five, it's over two and two and a half match goals at 17 to 20. And that means half stakes back if there's two goals. I really don't see there being any less than two goals in this game. I think it's a good bet to take on. Yeah, should be a good one. Uh, I'm not so sure it'll be a sellout at Rugby Park for Kilmarnock v Livingston, Greg. Um, having said that, Kelly, the first defeat in six uh, last weekend it's, uh, against Johnson, who will come on to shortly. Uh, Livingston, having got a point at Ibrooks, were comfortably beaten by Celtic, but you quite fancy Kilmarnock here against Libby. Yeah, I do. And I think, for obvious reasons, Kelly's home form has been very, very solid. They've picked up 11 of their 12 points so far this season at Rugby Park. I must admit, I was at the St Johnston Kilmarnock game last weekend, and it wasn't a bad Kilmarnock performance. I know there was a few VAR shouts that maybe didn't go their way, but they did perform relatively well. I think Derek McInnes was pleased with the performance, probably did deserve a draw, but they're going to have to address that away form because their away form, like a few clubs in the league, is very disappointing. But at home, though, Totally different, very, very strong. They've already beaten Motherwell at home, St Johnston at home. They drew with Hearts and they've beaten Ross County. So 11 points from 12 at home. Daniel Armstrong is a player I like. Very, very tricky. He's got a great delivery of the ball as well. What, what Kelly do miss, though, they really miss Kyle Lafferty, I feel. He is a vocal point of their attack. And they're a bit lacking firepower last week, I would say, eh, Kilmarnock. But that said, they're at home again. Livingston's away form isn't the best. And the 74 in Kilmarnock, I thought, was very, very reasonably priced. Yeah. Wouldn't have Kilmarnock at that price at all in this match. I think Kelly would have been a fair 5-4 to four maybe. I know Olivia are having a really good season. But 74 is a big, big price for Kilmarnock. and was very, very close to going in on that. But having watched Kilmarnock in the flesh twice this season already, seen their highlights, they do get a lot of corners. And I think they're an absolute banker to get at least four corners on, on Saturday. Oh, sorry, Friday night, sorry. So I'm more than happy to take Kilmarnock double chance and Kilmarnock to get four corners at 10 to 11. And that's on the bet builder with bet faces five. Okay. Uh, I think it's been a wee bit of money for Kelly. They're into eight to five. Now, Stuart, um, as an United fan, what's your thoughts on Kelly's start to the season? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I usually have no interest whatsoever in Kelly. Other than- Struggling, but um, Greg obviously mentioning but Kyle Lafferty, friends of mine who are Kilmarnock fans, and I do have a couple of them, have pointed out that without him, they really do struggle. Um, you know, I've noted down here there's only been two goals in the last three Kilmarnock games, period. Uh, Livingston, nine goals in their last 12 games, so you're thinking uh, nil nil written all over it, but um. Greg's right. I, I think Kilmarnock are vastly overpriced at home. They, they don't tend to lose a lot of games at Rugby Park. Um, so I would certainly be following him in on, on, on that angle that he's got there with the you know the, the corners um, and the double chance because I cannot for the life of me see why they are the price they are. Um, you know, unless it's the fact that Lafferty's out and that's been factored in, but I doubt that very much that the, the layers are... Are that aware to it? Um, so yeah, I would, I would be, I'd be willing to side with Kilmarnock begrudgingly. <laughs> and I think that's reflected in the price, the fact that um, I've only scored nine goals this season, Kelly. Uh, under two and a half goals is just four to seven in this game. So yeah, not, not a classic. But we'll go with Greg's angle, which is Kilmarnock double chance and Kilmarnock over three and a half corners, which was ten to eleven at bet three six five. Greg, that's right, yeah. OK, on to Saturday, we've got Celtic at home to Dundee United. Celtic, a bit of a, a, bit of a humbling for them uh, in midweek there. Stuart beating 5-1 in the Bernabeu. I didn't think they played too badly, to be fair. They missed the penalty, they created some chances, but they were up against the European champions at the end of the day. 
No, no, I agree. I, I thought they played pretty well first half, but I mean, I, the, the, the gap is clear for all to see. Um, the interesting angle on this is obviously how did they bounce back and respond to it. Looking back through the results so far, they've actually done okay off the back of the European games. Um, but, you know, you're not getting rich back and they're not wanting to do that. So, yeah, I know Greg's spoken in the podcast previously about how they haven't been as hot on corners, which is something that they had been, you know, good money for um, last season towards the back end. So um, you would expect them to win fairly comfortably uh, on Saturday because Dundee United haven't really had the bounce under Liam Fox that they probably would have wanted. Um for all that's quite a strange appointment for me, but that's probably another discussion for another day. Yeah, and I think, Greg, um, in terms of corners, Mark, it's interesting that Jota has returned to Celtics. Well, he's not his return to start another one just yet, but I expect that he probably will start on Saturday. And I always think he's a big influence when it comes to the corners counts, which we've not seen him hitting the same heights as he did last season. Yeah, absolutely. You, you want to see Jota starting matches. And I think you have to take that into account sometimes now when backing Celtic corners. I think they got at least. I think they got four last night in in Madrid at thirteen to eight. But as Stuart said, they haven't been as good for corners this season. They have been in, in some games, but in others, you maybe expect them to hit a little bit more. They are eight to thirteen to hit four in the first half, six to five to hit five in the first half. Now, Dungeon United, I think for me, this is not the game they would have wanted, especially after losing last weekend to Motherwell. That was two struggling sides who needed to get the points. They got Tony Watts sent off, which really killed the game, I think. Motherwell, happy probably to win the game 1-0. But don't get me wrong, they're still well within touching distance. There's a long way to go yet. There's a there's not that much of a gap, but saying that, other than Ross County and, at the moment, Kilmarnock, there's a seven-point gap to St. Johnston, Livingston, um, Motherwell, yeah, exactly. So these are the sides that you want to be in touch with. Plus, Dundee's goal difference is really poor. So you're talking an eight-point eight swing to try and push up the league. So they're going to have to start picking up points soon. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think, obviously, Saturday is going to be that time. And I think this will be a very, very comfortable home win. However, Dundee United, as you know, I do love a corner. Hey, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do very well in this market. And Dundee United, to be fair to them, have been very, very good for corners for us. I think they've landed at least four winners for us in the last month or so on the corners market. They, especially at home, they picked up another, I think, nine, I think, last weekend against Motherwell, despite playing with 10 men. They are 11 to 10 to hit just three corners on Saturday, which is very, very tempting. We might get a bigger price elsewhere, but I might go in with that um, tomorrow on the channel, potentially. Yeah. Uh, it's not the worst shout, I think, we've all kind of said on it, ask that any team to get three corners is, is possible uh, around the even money mark, but if you're getting 11 to 10, it's not the worst shout. Uh, last time the two sides met, Greg, it was 9-0. Do you think the price is on Celtic to score nine again? Oh, evens probably, evens for me. <laughs> I don't know if McDonald has got a, a 9-0 special, probably. Um, I don't know what price that would be, to be fair. I don't think it would be that great, given what's happened before. But I think Celtic and their fans will be expecting um, a really comfortable home win. One thing, though, I'd like to get off my chest is Jota's celebration last night. Not having it. I'm not having a player run to the crowd, smiling, hands in the air, when you're getting beat 5-0. Unacceptable. Did you not hear his interview after the game, though, Greg? No. He said it was one of the happiest moments of his life. Listen, I, I can totally get a player being delighted within and delighted and satisfied and happy, but as a member of a team who are getting gubbed... No, I agree, I agree, I agree. I just think no. it was just totally unacceptable and yeah. a bit embarrassing. He said his family were in the crowd and it was one of the happiest... What he should have done was scored the goal, maybe waved to the family, turned around and went back to the halfway line, not run to the crowd like they just got one up in Real Madrid. Yeah, <laughs> I feel better now. I've got that off my chest. Thanks. Get over yourselves. See if I'm <laughs> scoring the edge of box. Free kick. World Day. That's Courtois who saved him. Just <laughs> went before him. I'm doing cartwheels all the way from Madrid to Barcelona. I'm telling you. Oh, not it. for me. Not for That's... me. Anyway, <laughs> 51, Greg, for nine goals. 51. Wow. Uh, so I'm not saying we should back that, but it'd be really funny though. Celtic go up. 
two or three away with yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and as a Dundee United player, you must be thinking, well, God, it's the last Not thing. again. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we don't have an angle as such in this one, but you might have a wee look at corners uh, on the channel, Greg. Yeah, I'll have a look at that. I'll maybe put it on the channel uh, tomorrow or Saturday. And the other game on Saturday is Ross County v St Mirren, and much like Dundee United, Greg, I think there's a real danger that Ross County and Dundee United maybe at a lesser extent, Ross County could get a bit detached at the bottom. Good news for them is Dundee United are at Celtic, obviously, and Dundee United are unlikely to win, but as you highlighted, there is a wee gap building yeah. uh, between those two and the teams above them. No, there is, and I'm, I'm delighted. I'm pretty sure Livy will be delighted, so Motherwell. There'll be quite a few teams delighted to see that little gap. Kilmarnock as well, actually, although they're not as far ahead as the other sides. I think Ross County's problem is, one, is goals. Seven goals in 13 games this season is very, very poor. In contrast, St Johnston, who are not known for goals, have scored 14. So scored double the amount of goals that Ross County have scored. Mm. And that's the reason why they are seven points ahead. But St Mirren's away form, though, is quite alarming. Um, they've been really scalped, haven't they, in most of their away games. Apart from a 3-0 win at Dungeon United, which doesn't really count, because at that point, Dungeon United were in turmoil. They've lost four goals at Aberdeen. They lost three in Perth at St Johnston, four against Rangers. And I think they were outplayed um, for most of the game last weekend, away to Hibs, 3-0. So they, not only are they losing away games, but they're being really, really hammered in the, in the process. I don't think that's going to happen this weekend. My notes for this game are no bet. Uh, a couple of angles to look at, though. Potential corners angle, uh, match corners, and Ross County do enjoy a booking. Baldwin got booked again at the weekend. He's in fourth for the season. Is it Cansola? Am I saying that right? If there's any Ross County fans listening, please contact me and correct me if I'm wrong. He's got five. Uh, Ross Callahan's got three. I think there's another couple of players for Ross County have got two or three cards each. So there's probably a, a bookings angle here in this match or potentially a cards angle. But in terms of picking a winner, Ross County 21 to 10 and St Mirren just below 6 to 4. Yeah, and I think goal scoring has been a problem for both sides, Stuart, even St Mirren, uh, despite the fact that they're fifth, have only scored 12 in uh, their game so far and conceded 17. No surprise to see unders at 46 here. Yeah, the only thing I had written for this game is kind of mirroring what Greg was saying about St Mirren's away form. I, I cannot be having them at you know seventy-five to go up there. Um, there's going to come a crunch point for, for Ross County, um, and it's a, it's a game like this. You know they really have to be to be getting three points out of a game like this, and um, they they again look overpriced. Um, I, I just can't be having St Mirren at that kind of price. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous given their away form. If they go up there and win at that price, fair enough, but it, it won't be with my money. Yeah, and I think uh, as Stuart highlights, Greg, um, it's nowhere near a must-win game for Ross County, but it's, you know, I think the word sugarly peg might be getting used on the podcast next week if they don't win it. Yeah, I, I don't, not hearing much in terms of Malcolm McKay being under pressure, but I think you're always under pressure as a manager in any division when you're not on a bad run. And I think they are in a pretty disappointing run at the moment. They really need to get points on the board at home. And they'll have games lined up like this one. So against your typical bottom six sides, and I'll throw St Johnson into that because they've been bottom six the last couple of seasons, or last season. But against Livingston, against Motherwell, against Lund United, against us, against Kilmarnock, Ross County should be looking to pick up points at home. And if they don't, that's when you've got a real problem because they're not picking points up away from home. They're not scoring goals. And as you both say, you'll soon become detached. And before the winter break, sorry, the uh, World Cup break, we'll have a really good idea of how the rest of the season is going to pan out, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just on your cards angle, John Beaton is the ref up there on Saturday. He's averaging 4.5 yellows. He's dished out the most red cards in the Premiership so far with four. Uh, already this season, and uh, over four and a half cards is four to five at Dingwall on Saturday. Yeah, it's what's really fascinating is the introduction of VAR in the Scottish football. It's a bit early yet, we've only had two rounds of fixtures, but I think once we play maybe 10 or so games or a dozen games, it'd be interesting to see how those stats perform against the start of the season without it, especially on penalties and especially on red cards. Yeah. So there's something to factor in 
tier bet. It's not right now, but it's always worth thinking about. Yeah. I do like that angle, Greg. I mean, when you look at the table, Ross County could conceivably quite easily be six points adrift of 10th place on Saturday night. Yeah. And and that has got to come into the, the thinking um, if that game's going against them on Saturday. Yeah, 100%, definitely. Okay, we'll move on to Sunday. We've got St. Johnson v. Rangers. I mean, Denver Park, Greg. Yeah. Rangers. The Fortress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Rangers are an absolutely awful Champions League campaign, albeit a very, very difficult group, but they never really turned up, in my opinion. Uh, Saints, two wins on the bounce, just a point off the top six, Greg. Um, you'll know better than I just how bad St. Johnson's record is against Rangers. Is there a chance to take something this weekend? Do you know what? It's that bad. I've not even gone into look. <laughs> I don't want to even discuss how bad the record is. I think for Rangers, being out of Europe now, I think they'll be quite happy and relieved that the pain is over in terms of European football. They got a really good performance against Aberdeen last week off the back of a dire performance against um, Napoli. So that will give them good hope that they'll go to Perth on Saturday and, sorry, Sunday and get the win. Now, fully expecting a, an away win here at 3-10. to 10. I must say, our last two games against Hibs and Kilmarnock, I don't think we've been great. Now, you can put that one way and say, great, you're picking up three points, six points from your three, your two games, not playing well. But I don't think we're going to get away with it against Rangers on Sunday. And I don't hold up much hope for us. The bookies have caught up as well a little bit. Now, we are the card kings, the hatchet men, the bully boys of the Premiership in terms of the card count. We lead that way by some distance, I think, at the moment. We, ha- I think we're one to four to get two cards on, on Sunday. Now, typically, that would be four to nine, two to five. So the bookies have caught on a little bit. We're only four to five to get three cards, but I'm fully expecting that to happen. Speaking to a friend at the football last weekend, we don't get many corners. We've, we've really stopped getting corners this season. Looking across our last six games, we've hit zero, five, two, two, one and three. So we've hit under 3.5 corners now in five of our last six games, which I think is probably a good angle to go on in terms of the Rangers handicap. They are 10 to 11 minus three, which probably isn't the worst of angles. Or if you're looking for a kind of bet, um, an accumulator, they're one to four to win the corner count Rangers. That's banker material. Yeah, I don't think we'll hit many corners on Sunday, and I expect Rangers to rack up a good few. Yeah, St. Johnson both lost at home and away in terms of yep. corner count this season, averaging just 2.92 um, overall, which is pretty low. Um, Stuart, any angles on this one from you? No, I would agree with Greg there. I mean, it's going to be a game where St. Johnson are probably having to put the put the boot in to try and get anything from it. Sorry, Greg. Um, it's a bit like Celtic. You're looking to see how Rangers respond. They are really needing a performance um, coming off the back of that shambolic European campaign, but see you one on? No. It's, uh, I wouldn't want to be back in Rangers with stolen money at the moment, as the phrase goes. And I want to, want to leave alone. Yeah, and I think, Greg, when you look at St. Johnson's recent home record against Rangers, although they've not won. It's been tight games. 2-2, there was a 3-0 defeat in there, a 1-1 draw, a 2-1 defeat and a 1-0 defeat. So, yeah, there's not been a huge amount. And the Rangers haven't gone there and, and run riot recently. No, they've been pretty close games, most of them recently, over the past few seasons. I just think Rangers now at Europe can concentrate on the league. And they're going to be under pressure on Sunday, because I fully expect Dundee United to lose at Celtic. So Celtic going to go, what, eight points, seven, seven points clear? That's a, yeah. that's a big gap, um, and it's definitely a bit of pressure on Rangers on Sunday, but I think they'll just they'll do enough to get through it. Yeah, OK, so no bet at this stage. Um, possibly a wee angle on the, the corners market there. Yeah, uh, I'll share something on the channel over the weekend. Uh, comes probably Saturday night, I'll put something up on the channel if something jumps out. OK, last game on Sunday, it's Hearts v Motherwell, another tough night in Europe for Hearts tonight, beating 3-1 in Istanbul. Um, again, another team who'd probably just be glad to be finishing up the European campaign as much as anything else. Uh, but as you say, Greg, Hearts really need to start picking up points now. We mentioned that the uh, Motherwell they had a fairly tough run of fixtures. They got a much-needed win over Dundee United. Um, and it'll be interesting to see just what Hearts do between now and the break for the World Cup. Uh, where they can pick up some points and, and start to motor on towards third in the table. 
Yeah, I was quite critical of Hearts last week in that I thought they were far too short uh, even money away to Ross County last weekend. But to be fair to them, they ended up winning that match quite comfortably with a 3-1 win. Their European campaign has been a bit of a one for the fans, hasn't it? Some really good trips to, to Latvia, to Italy, to Turkey. That's now over. I think they'll be glad again that's over too. And they can concentrate on getting back up to challenging Aberdeen and Hibs for that third spot where you expect them to be. I think that even money on Hearts at home is a great place. I really do. And I know Hearts played tonight uh, in Turkey, which you have to factor in. But Motherwell probably aided last weekend by that red card in that match. They really needed to get the win and they got it. I'm not going to be back in this match, but I do think Hearts at even money isn't the worst of places at home. I think Shanklin's obviously scoring goals. There's talk of him exceeding, what, 20 goals this season for the first time since, what, John Robertson. So they've definitely got goals in that Hearts side. They've had a lot of injuries, and I think Hearts fans will be fully expecting a, a home win here. And if that was to pick a, a result here, it would definitely be a Hearts win. Yeah, Stuart, I guess the note of caution would be Motherwell's away for them. They won four out of the seven away from home, which makes them the second-best team uh, in the away league. Um, is that case to be made for Motherwell winning at Tynecastle on Sunday? Well, first of all, I hope Lawrence Shankland exceeds 20 goals because I backed him at 14-1 to for top scorer <laughs> <laughs> in the Premiership. So um, I definitely hope that's the case. I mean, I thought that was massively overpriced when you consider, you know, his heart's number nine penalty taker. It's just it's set up for him to have a great season. And I watched him bang in the goals for front of air and I think he's going to have a great a great year for Hearts. But yeah, I, I noticed they rested maybe two or three tonight. Shanklin was one of them. I know he came off the bench. Um, I, I can't make up my mind whether that's a great price on Hearts or whether it's absolutely shocking. I mean, <laughs> coming back from Turkey, usually you would look at that and say you just want to swerve Hearts at all costs. But then you factor in Motherwell's you know, recent form away from home and... You think well, I actually might be quite a good, quite a good bet on Hearts. It's, it's a danger zone bet for me. I, I, so, something like Hearts corners would appeal. I think they'll probably have quite a lot of the ball. Um, yeah. But even that, I'm looking at them. Six Hearts corners is eight to eleven. It's, it's asking quite a lot to, you know, to go in on that. But um, the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm talking myself out of a bet altogether. <laughs> it's just uh, fraught with difficulty that one, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I don't think anything's really jumping out in that fixture. Um, I think Hearts have shown, though, this season that they can come back from European football on a Thursday night and get a result. They beat Motherwell away from home um, was it 3-0, and they beat Ross County last week 3-1. So there is hope for Hearts. I know it's a long trip to Turkey and back, but yeah, I think Stuart's probably right. It's probably best left alone, but I can totally get why people will be on board Hearts at evens. Yeah. Okay, we'll recap all the Premiership bets once we get to the end of the podcast. It's time to have a wee look at the Championship, Stuart, and this is where hopefully you'll come into your own. As we highlighted at the start of the podcast, Air United v Morton is first v second. Who'd have thought it? It's the game of the day in Scotland, probably in Britain, <laughs> Paul, to be fair. Um, <laughs> and who would have thought it? Yeah, you'd have thought you were mad if you'd said this a couple of months ago. Um you know, I've watched Morton twice this season, and Dougie Emery, to be fair, has got them playing, you know, not great football, but they are super, super organised. Um, and it's probably no surprise that they are where they are in the league at the moment. Um, a lot of time for, for him and the way he's doing things there. They won't have it easy on Saturday by any means. Um, I think they'll have a lot of the ball on Saturday. Uh, I think it'll be a game where it's air battering down the door, trying to get the breakthrough. Um, and it'll be a fascinating contest. Yeah, is this Dougie Emery's first gig? Uh, I think it is in management, yeah. He was, he was yeah, at so. Livingston, was he not? Um, and then he was at Hamilton in a, a similar capacity, but I think this is his first outright management gig, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got Morton of the forum team, four wins in the last five, Greg. Morton were on a horrible, horrible run before yeah. that run they've gone on and it's, that's the kind of the way the, the championship goes but they went well, to Inverness I think and got did they get a result at Inverness? Or, yeah, oh sorry it's Queen's Park it's Queen's Park yeah, they yeah. were way to Queen's Park and I think everyone thought Queen's Park at home based on Morton's dire form and they've gone there and they've, they've beaten Queen's Park 2-1 and since then they've gone on a fantastic run to propel themselves to second I don't think anyone saw that happening and you have to say they get a result here on Saturday Go top of the league, 
which is quite remarkable. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> say, uh, I know. Well, I was going to ask: Is that symptomatic of the championship, or is uh, uh, you know how much credit I'm walking due, or is it a case that just nobody can seem to put a decent run together? It seems when anyone hits the the heights of the championship, they just tend to crumble. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, we we were made favourites for the league this week, which is an absolute scandal. Um, <laughs> Because I was speaking to Lee Bullen, their manager, about it on Monday. They almost took my head off when I said, you realise we're now the favourites. Um, because if we lose on Saturday, quite quite conceivably, we could be fourth favourites. It's that type of league. Um, we could double, treble in price. So to see quotes in nine before about air for the league is, is laughable um, after 13 games. But it is that kind of league. Um, you know, we're only five points clear of seventh. So there needs to be a bit of realism. Um, it's a cliche, but every single team is beating each other at the moment. And that was evident last week when Morton thrashed Inverness 4-0 on the telly. You know, you would never have seen that coming. So um, it's, it's thrilling, I guess you could say, if that's the word, from that point of view. Um, but it's You'll from, know better than Morton Stewart. I think, I would say, looking in, it's a league in which, yes, it's very competitive. Teams are taking points off each other, but... I think for me, at this stage of the season, for the team leading the league to only be in 24 points after 13 games yeah. tells its own story. And I, I don't think there's a club in that league at the moment, and I'm not being disrespectful to the clubs in the Championship, but I don't think there's a single club in the Championship that could compete in the Premiership next season at the moment. No, I, I don't think it's a, an open secret. that. It, it, well, sorry, it is an open secret. that It's not a, a league on high on quality. There's no outstanding team in it like in previous years when you looked at it and there was a, you know, come on, that were the obvious favourites and, you know, there's 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 no team in there, like you say, who could come out of this league at the moment and, and easily transition. They would have to do a lot of surgery. Dundee have massively flattered to deceive. Um, you just wonder how long Gary Boyer will get there if they continue to stutter along. Um, so it's fascinating to watch, but from, from a betting perspective, it's a horror show it really is because <laughs> the form book gets thrown out the window every single week I have to ask Stuart are you sitting on a bet slip from the beginning of the season for the United to go up I wish I was no um, what absolutely price? not uh, I think I think we were 33-1 uh, us in Queen's Park were the two outsiders which tells you everything you need to know <laughs> we're sitting first and third <laughs> so, I think you'd be yeah. right at this precise moment to be fair there's still a long way to go uh, but yeah, hopefully things will get better still for the United. They're three points clear, chance to move a couple of points uh, clear, or certainly three points more clear uh, more than at the weekend. Uh, just in terms of the game itself, five of the last eight meetings between the two have been drawn after 90 minutes. Morton won the most recent cup tie uh, on penalties. Three sent off that night, Stuart? Uh, yeah, but it was never a dirty game. Uh, without going into in too much detail, the referee lost his, lost his head. Um, so... It, but like I say, Morton are very well organised and the way I see this game panning out on Saturday is Ayr having a lot of the ball, um, hopefully forcing a lot of corners, which is going to be my bet on it. Um, I mean, here's a stat for you. Uh, Ayr have had the most shots on goal in the Championship at 180 and they've had the most shots on target in the, in the Championship at 77. So I, I dug that out from... <laughs> The back of beyond, that's I like stats. it, I like it. Right? So what that tells me is either good to watch, right? They're peppering the goal with uh, attempts on target and on goal. Um, and you might remember the penultimate home game, we racked up 20 corners at home to Inverness and ridiculously didn't score from any of them. Um, we had 47 corners in the last six games. So, you know, we're a team, we play with two wingers. We've got Logan Chalmers on loan from Dundee United, Josh Mullen on loan from Livingston. We essentially play a 4-2-4. It's like watching basketball every game with us. Um, it's seat-of-the-pants stuff. We will be absolutely hammering at Morton all game. Um, so, I mean, my bet on it is, is here to have six corners, which I've just had a look as we're speaking there. It's 4-5 for that, which, you know, I, I still think that's worth a, worth a bet at that, at that price. If you want to go large on that, seven corners is 11-8. Um but like I say, I mean the last one, the last game, but one at home we had twenty. So, and that's why it's great to get guys like yourself on, Stuart, who watch football week in week out in this league. You know, obviously your club, but you know the clubs you're playing against. So it's a really, really interesting insight, especially on in the number of shots that Air United have and what the shots create. 
corners. <laughs> Indeed. Especially against a team that's tight knit and likes to defend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Borton have only conceded 13 this season, uh, which isn't bad going at all. Okay, so that sounds quite a nice angle. Are we saying, uh, what are we saying, five? five? No, I will go for six at four to five with Skybet. Okay, dope. Uh, and Friday night, Greg, we've got Cove Rangers v Queen's Park. Cove doing their best work at home uh, as they've climbed up through the leagues, and that's certainly been the case uh, so far this season. They've not won away from home, and they host Queen's Park on Friday night. Could be a game of goals. Cove's last game, 4 4 with Hamilton, game before that, 2 2 draw with Air United, and last week with Queen's Park drawing two each with Dundee. Yeah, I don't think goals is a bad shoot at all in this match. It's a little bit short at 8-11, but it's probably the right price for this match. In terms of the game itself, the bookies have got no idea at all how this game's going to pan out. Cove are 7-4 and Queen's Park 13-8. So, really tough game to call, but I would probably suggest that, yeah, goals is definitely the best route to go down here. Yep, and Stuart, you've got a goals angle for us? Yeah, I think Cove are vastly improved um, from the early part of the season. Um We've scored seven goals in the last four games. Um, allied to the fact that Queen's Park have conceded 21 in total. They're, they're a very open team, Queen's Park. They're quite similar to us in the way they play. Um, when we played Cove a few weeks ago, they've got a boy out wide, Louis Longstaff, who they signed in the summer. Now, he he came through the Liverpool system. Um, quite how he's ended up at Cove, I don't know. But a very, very good player. Um probably with the potential to go quite a bit higher than Cove. Um, he, he caused us real problems. Um, so if he's on his game on Friday night, I can see him uh, having, a, having a real go at it. So, yeah, I think it's 11-8 to eight for Cove to score two or more. Um, and I just think that game will set up. You know, if you fancy goals in that game, I would fancy Cove to get two of them. Yeah, I think that's a very decent shout, Greg. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, so that's Friday night's game. Uh, also in the Championship, we've got another couple of games we want to have a wee look at. Um, Paddy Thistle v Dundee. It's been for Hill for thrills, Greg, but not in the way that Paddy Thistle <laughs> fans would have liked. No, uh, no, it's not. It's averaging four goals per game for Hill this season, which isn't bad value for your season ticket. Uh, but they've been absolutely shipping goals for fun recently, haven't they? Yeah, it's been a, a dis- disastrous two weeks for Thistle, hasn't it? They lost that cup quarter-final game of Aberdeen 4-1. No real disgrace in that, but they've then gone into the league games. They've been hammered 4-0 at home to Queen's Park, which for me is unacceptable. They've then lost 4-2 at Ayr. I know Stuart was at that game, and Ayr very, very worthy winners in that match. This all over the place from what I've been told and heard and from what Stuart's told me. They've then gone to Wraith last weekend and lost 3-0. So they're shipping goals for fun, and I, I know they're missing key players. So don't get me wrong, they are missing some really, really important players. And I think when you've got three or four of your best players out, it's always going to be a struggle. But it has to be the manner in which they're losing games. It has to be a massive concern for Ian McCall. At the moment, they host Dundee, who again, another club. So between Thistle and Dundee, they've already lost nine games between them this season. They typically, you'd expect a club going up to have only lost four or five games the whole season. So it's going to be interesting to see who wins this league, how many matches they've actually lost to go up. It's going to be a, a fair few anyway. And they've only won 11 matches between the, the, two, the two teams, so from 23 games, of, um, 11, 11 wins, I think it is. So I think for me, the angle here, though, is going to be goals. Uh, Thistle are shipping goals, missing players. Dundee, very suspect at the back as well. Both managers are under a lot of pressure. Nobody wants to lose this game. And these two would have been probably the amp post favourite and favourites top two probably with most punters in the bookies at the start of the season. They could find themselves way off the pace, especially if Air get a result on Saturday. I think Thistle have seen over 2.5 match goals now in 11, nine of their 11 matches and Dundee have seen over 2.5 goals in eight of their last nine. So I, I think this is set up for goals here. I think we'll see both teams contribute to goals, both sides getting in on the act based on the fact that they've got one uh, defensive issue for both sides. And if Scott Tiffany and Brian Graham are, are back for Thistle, that will certainly give them a boost. And over 2.5 match goals in this game is 20 to 23 with Bet Victor. Yeah, it's not a bad price at all. Um, Stuart Thistle have gone from being top of the league uh, to fifth in a matter of weeks. And they have now got the joint worst defensive record in the league uh, alongside Cove and Hamilton I think it is uh, you'll have seen both of these sides this season which one is most likely to challenge air for the title 
um, probably Dundee, um, but but it's not there's not much between them. I mean, Partick are definitely missing players, like Greg said. Ross Doherty, the captain in the middle of the park, is the big one. Um, now there seems to be some chat online this afternoon that he will be back on Saturday. And that would be massive because he's the kind of glue that holds them together. You can just see that they, they unravel when he's not there, um, and, and, and the defence is left completely exposed. And the stats are there just to back that up. You know, I mean, it's four goals every game they're conceding, um, and you're not going to go anywhere close to winning a league with that. Um, Dundee just can't get going. Um, you know, we've played them twice, haven't looked remotely like a team capable of winning the league on either occasion. For me, it's goals here or corners. Both teams will go at each other. Um, you know, either of those plays, you know, you should be you should be collecting. But like Greg says, I mean, this is a game where it, the loser could quite conceivably be, you know, six seven points behind on at four four forty five on Saturday, and they then are under real pressure. You know, and um, like I said before, Gary Boyer, how long does he get? Um, if that's the case. Does Ian McCall start to become under pressure at Thistle? So it's it's a game with a lot riding on it. Indeed. Uh, but I think that goal's is probably the best one, Greg. Um, over two and a half goals at 20 to 23. Yeah, just a shade below even for that match. Probably the best angle. I certainly could not pick a side to win in this game, given each side's form. But yeah, I think we'll see both teams score. And that should lead us to at least three goals. Okay, uh, we've got one more game that we want to have a look at in the Championship. It's Ray Throwers for Hamilton. Greg Wraith got a pretty decent uh, home record. Uh, scored two or more in four of the last six as well. Hamilton have struggled a wee bit this season, but they did score four last weekend. Bad news is they also conceded four. Uh, and interestingly, off the back of the 4-4 draw last weekend uh, for Hamilton, there was also a 4-4 with these two sides back in July. Yeah, it's a, I was really fascinated by the price here in Wraith Rovers. Even money at the start of today. There's been a bit of money coming for them now, probably because I've tipped them. But I think even money to win the match was a very, very good price for Wraith. Really difficult start to the season for them. I think they lost five of their first eight matches, not scoring goals. But since then, though, I think they've picked up 10 points now in the last 15 scoring 11 goals in those five matches and they come into this off the back of a really comprehensive 3-0 win at home to Partick Thistle last week. So they'll be in full confidence for this match. They love a game against Hamilton. They really do. They've not lost in seven against Hamilton and they've now scored two or more goals in eight of the last nine meetings between the sides, which is a nice little stat to have. So for me, as you know, I don't like to back teams to win. I'd always rather say with teams to score two. And in this, in this scenario, the price to score two is actually better. So we're getting over 1.5 Wraith Rovers goals at 11 to 10 with Paddy Power. Yeah, and I guess this is as much a bet against Hamilton as it is for Wraith Rovers. Um, Stuart, anything to disagree on that front? No, not very simple for me. Uh, Wraith, Wraith definitely at the price. Hamilton, uh, I was speaking to someone who should know fairly well what's going on at Hamilton and they said there's a fair few problems behind the scenes there, um, which is surprising because I, I I like John Rankin, I like the way he speaks, and I'm, I'm not quite sure what's going wrong there, but they look to be in a world of trouble, and uh, the, the even money on Wraith looks a fair enough price. I think as well, Stuart, it's probably fair to say that when you look at the league and how tight the league is, there's obviously a gap between 8th and 7th, but you would expect Wraith, Dundee, Thistle and Vaness, all, even Arbroath may pick up a little bit. I think it's going to be a long season for Hamilton, and I would probably say for me they'll be playing League One football next year. Yeah, I mean they certainly are in, in danger of getting cut adrift, which in this league <laughs> you can't afford to do. No. Um, so they're going to need to start getting results quickly. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll move into League One for a look at that. Um, it's a, a game we'll have a look at very shortly. Stuart Kelty v Alan, you're keen on Kelty there. Before we get there. Um, Stuart, I was quite interested in the 31-20 on FC Edinburgh at home to Queen of the South, they're 65. FC Edinburgh obviously drew with Peter Head last week, burst a few coupons. They're second in the table, they're just three points behind Fernland, they're kind of hanging on in there. Uh, and I just thought that was a bit of a strange price at 31-20 for them to win at home against Queen of the South, who are sitting seventh in the table. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the, the bookies just not knowing what to, to do with FC Edinburgh. Um like you say, they seem to be going under the radar a bit. Um, a lot of time for them. Mark Kerr, former air manager, is the assistant there, and they seem to be 
seem to be doing very well. Um, if not for the fact they're playing at that horrible stadium that everyone seems to, to, to <laughs> miss the worst thing in Scottish football. So um, I hope they don't come up but uh, for that reason. But uh, no, they, listen, the price looks warm on paper. Um, Queen of the South have struggled since going down. Um, so yeah, I, I think it looks way overpriced. I think for me, probably basing the fact on that Edinburgh, oh, fact, the Edinburgh City still for me, okay, I said that a few weeks ago, <laughs> um, that they have come up as a newly promoted club and they're playing against the Queen of the South side who are playing Championship football last season. So that's probably factored into it as well, I think. Yeah, I just thought it kind of on paper stood out like a big Stay price. away from it, Paul. Stay away from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of staying away from it, Montrose at 25, home with Peter Head, Greg. Uh, obviously, very short to back as a single, but you'd expect Montrose to, to win that one, or would you? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite I'm happy with that. I'm fine with the 2 to 5 in Montrose. I fully expect them to win this match. I, I don't think Peter Head will cause Montrose too many problems. If Montrose are to pick up points this season, it'll be at home. And it'll be against the likes of Clyde, um, maybe Kelty, Alloa sort of stuff. But yeah, it's a really competitive league, but I don't see Montrose having too many problems here at 2-5. to five. That'll shorten, I'd imagine. They'll be a, a banker across all accumulators this weekend, Montrose. And hopefully they don't do, Peterhead don't do what they did last weekend and got a result at Edinburgh City. Indeed. Point, sorry. Um, I guess arguably match of the weekend in League One is Falkirk feed and Fairman for Falkirk third in the table. Just four points behind in Fairman, so a big opportunity for them to close the gap here Greg, uh, at the top of the table. Yeah, and it's a game again as well. Difficult to to suss out these two teams. They, I know Dunfermline obviously have a better season at the moment. They are sitting top, only four points ahead of Falkirk. So anything could, could, could go in this match. Not two sides I'd like to back as much this season. I still find their feet a little bit, I think, and maybe flatly to deceive. But the Fairman, for them, massive, massive opportunity to go seven points clear of their kind of arch enemies in terms of the title race and post. So I really don't know how this game's going to pan out. Could be goals in this game, but I must admit, best left alone this game for me. Yeah, Stuart, any thoughts on that one? Uh, yeah, similar. Uh, I see they've sold seven and a half thousand tickets for that already, which is incredible. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, so it'll be some game, um, and probably one that Falkirk can't afford to lose. You know, when you consider they could go seven points behind already. So um, I back Falkirk anti-post. I've told Greg that before. Um, I really thought they were going to get it right this season under John McGlynn. So. Uh, so did I, Stuart. So did I. <laughs> yeah. So big, big game on Saturday. One game I'd like to speak about is Clyde. So we we, we backed, obviously, Alwa last weekend to beat yeah. Clyde and what we thought was a really good bet just above evens. And that was Clyde's 10th defeat on the spin. Now, Danny Lennon had left his post at that point, but he has now fully left Clyde. Um, no longer in charge in any capacity at Clyde. So it interesting to see who they bring in, if anyone at the moment. But yeah, 10 defeats in a row and they are sliding towards League 2 at the moment. They'll be glad Peter Head are there, but likewise Peter Head will be glad Clyde are there. Yeah. So two teams really struggling at the bottom end of the table. You have to fancy Airdrie. I don't like backing teams that four to six away from home, especially Airdrie. But I, I do think this will be a good game for goals. Clyde can score most weeks, but they concede at least two a game. So the three to four on over 2.5 goals isn't a bad shout either. I uh, have to admit, I'm a wee bit surprised that Airdrie's dipping for him, uh, but a good win for them last weekend, 4-0 at home to Montrose, so that could signal uh, a change in their fortunes. We've got a very good record in this fixture. They've won the last two fixtures, 5-0. Um, I think they've won, in fact, they've won 5-0 in three of the last uh, six, seven meetings with the two sides, so yeah, although they're 4-6, I think they're a pretty decent bet at the weekend. Um, but League One's uh, bet of the day for you comes at Kelty v Hearts, uh, sorry, Kelty Hearts v Alloa, Stuart. Um, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this one. Uh, Kelty, six wins in the last eight, uh, lost last week to Dunfermline, no shame in that. Uh, but Alloa, only two defeats in the last ten in all competitions, and both of those have come against Falkirk and Dunfermline. Yeah, this is more based on Kelty's form, I have to say, than, than Alloa's. But Kelty started the season slowly. Um, and then, like you say, the six and the last seven. The, the, but it's the home form. They've won four in a row at home and they've only conceded once in those four games. And I just thought the price was was way too big. I think it's 11 to 8 um, for a ground that teams are really struggling to go to at the moment. 
Um, and, and for me, that's that stood out. I just think Kilty are beginning to get on a bit of a roll at the moment. And um, yeah, I, I think that's that's the standout bit of the, the day in, in League One. Yeah, Greg, Kilty look as if they've found their feet in League One, but um, I'm just wary of the amount of W's in that Aloha column. Yeah, I must admit, I would, I'd be inclined to maybe back Aloha here. Uh, I, think oh, I think they're stronger at home, Aloha, I must admit. Run them last week. There's probably not a lot between these two sides, but you have to respect that Kelty Hearts' home form has been pretty solid and they, they have found their feet. They'll be delighted, Kelty Hearts, that the way it's looking at the moment, with a nine-point lead over Clyde and Peterhead, they, they're almost, I'm not saying guaranteed to be in the league next season, but they're a long way in, in doing that. And their home form will be a, a big reason why they'll probably stay up. But I just think Aloha for goals, appeals. I wouldn't back Aloha to win, but I could back them to score two. They're a decent place to score two in this match. They are, what, 70 to 10 to win the game, which is very, very tempting. To score two, they are 11 to 8. So we've got a Greg Stewart, Kelly Hearts, Aloha battle here. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, delighted to see uh, both of you going in different directions in this one, so we'll obviously bring that up in the podcast next weekend. Uh, but yeah, for Stuart, it's a county home win in this one. Uh, Stuart are 5-4 to four now, uh, so slightly shorter than I think the price you were looking at earlier. Um, okay, we'll have a look at League 2 now before we wrap up. Still and Albion on top by goal difference from Dumbarton. Uh, don't have anything massively standing out myself uh, in League 2. Anything from you, Stuart? No, thankfully League Two is not a league I, I have to be that knowledgeable about, lads. Um, United's never, uh, <laughs> never this far down. Uh, what, I, what I would say is that Martin Strenard was one I had looked at because I watched them Barton the other week um, against Cumnock in, in the Scottish Cup and I was quite impressed with them Barton that night and I know they had the great start to the season. Um, was it seven, seven in a row they won? Um, and I thought they were quite, quite good that night because Cumnock are not not an easy team to play at all and they came through that test pretty well um, and they're just a shade of odds on at home to Shenron on Saturday so that would probably be the best looking bet of uh, of that card in League 2 for me. Yeah, for me, Greg, I was quite interested to see Elgin City's price at Bonnie Rig. Bonnie Rig, you know, as Kelty are finding their feet in League 1, Bonnie Rig looked to be struggling a wee bit in League 2, um, just 1-1-8 one, one I think it is in all competitions for Bonnie Rig. Um, Elgin picking up points here and there, they are fifth in the table, uh, and I just thought they might be a bet at uh, 95 to win at Bonnie Rig. Yeah, I can totally see the angle in this one, 95, certainly could not be back in Bonnie Rig at 65 at home, given their form. The Elgin price is appealing, but I think it's a very, very difficult league, and for me, you're basically sticking with goals in this league, I must admit. There's three games that stand out for me for goals on, on Saturday. I think Dumbarton v Sonrar at 7-10, four for Vianney at 3-4, and Stenis Murray's five is 4-5. And Out of the three of them, that's Stenis five game, which is strongest for over two and a half goals in my book. Wouldn't put anyone off back in those three in a treble, and that pays um, late to two. Okay, yeah, as we say, it's a league that we're, we've really struggled with, Greg, this season to the point where we've barely had anything um, in terms of bets in League Two. So, yeah, not much standing out this weekend again. Okay, anything else you guys want to cover before we wrap up for the this week's podcast? No, nothing for me. No, all good. Good stuff. Okay, Greg, can you give us a wee recap of your bets this weekend? Yeah, so starting on Friday night, the Scottish nap um, from Pataudry, Aberdeen v Hibs, and I'm taking over two and two and a half Asian goals at 17 to 20. And also on Friday night, Kilmarnock at home to Livingston, I'm taking uh, Kilmarnock double chance and over 3.5 uh, Kilmarnock corners at 10 to 11. Uh, moving into Saturday, Dundee away to Partick Thistle, over 2.5 match goals at 20 to 23. And finally, also from the Championship, Wraith Rovers at home to Hamilton, and I'm taking Wraith Rovers over 1.5 match goals at 11 to 10. And I also have two or three other selections shared on the channel. Good stuff. And Stuart, can you just give us a wee recap of your best bets this weekend? Yeah, so my nap would be air six corners or more, which uh, is eight to, oh, sorry, four to five. Um, Cove to score two or more, um, which is 11 to eight. Uh, I'd also be back in Wraith um, I think it's 19 to 20 now um, so that's a three from the championship uh, and then Kelty 
um, at 11 to 8 in League One. Yeah, we'll take a note of that one for the next time you're on the podcast, Stuart. That <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, Stuart, remind uh, or tell us uh, your Twitter handle if anyone wants to follow you. So it's at voiceair, V O I C E, air. AYR for air, obviously. Yeah. Yep, we'd encourage you to give uh, Stuart a follow if you're at all interested in the Championship or Air United or Scottish football in general. And don't forget, if you want to join Greg's channel, you can find all the details on Twitter at Browning84Greg. Uh, yeah, and who knows, you might end up on the podcast alongside us as well, same as Stuart has. Uh, and that's us for this weekend's podcast. If you enjoy what we do, then please leave us a, a little five-star review on Apple Podcast. That would be absolutely uh, amazing. be totally appreciated. Uh, and that's us for this week. Best of luck with your bets this weekend. And thanks very much for joining us this week, Stuart. No worries, Thank you. Thanks, mate. All the best.